Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Okay, here we go. I'm Laura Wenis, and this is Fifth and Mission. And that's me riding the brand new bike lanes on Valencia Street in the Mission. From 15th to 24th Streets, these lanes run down the middle of the street, between the two lanes of cars, instead of running on the right-hand side. And here we are, in the lane. It says fire lane, there's trash in it, there are two signs on this block that have a construction symbol. These lanes are part of San Francisco's pilot program approved in April to see if this setup can improve traffic safety on this busy corridor. The street is a bit of a microcosm of the challenges San Francisco faces in having pedestrians, drivers, and cyclists share a bustling stretch of road. For some people, like me, the new lanes are still a little unsettling. It's an unfamiliar layout, totally unique in this city, and they're not even officially open yet. But on this eight-block stretch, it feels like there's nowhere else for cyclists to go. I'm not the only one using this lane. It seems like the consensus is we should be here, even though there's signs saying we shouldn't. There's tons of new signage and new signals and new paint, which requires road users to pay close attention to get it right. Even getting into the lanes is tricky. And I'm guessing I'm not allowed to go across the street, which would also be a diagonal left half turn into the center lane. Woo! I need a math degree for this. The San Francisco Municipal Transportation Agency set this in motion a few months ago, hoping it would improve safety. There were 132 collisions on Valencia from 2018 to 2022, making it one of the most dangerous streets in the city. But the rollout of these new lanes has been pretty rocky. Two crashes have been reported during the building phase, and cycling advocates are incensed. That's bad news for a city looking to encourage people to use sustainable methods of transportation like biking. But for some riders, there's a lot to like about the center lanes. They say it reclaims road space for cyclists, who have until now been forced to mingle dangerously with cars. Among those in the pro-center lane camp is the Chronicle's theater critic, Lily Janik. Oh, it's such a relief to get away from all of those close calls. Lily is a seasoned cyclist who's been riding her bike around the city for years. She recently published a review of the Valencia Street bike lanes from the perspective of a cyclist and someone who would actually like to see the street closed to cars entirely. She's here to discuss how the new arrangement is working and to weigh in on what this experiment tells us about methods for encouraging better road behavior. Lily was happy to talk to me about the bike lanes because, as she told me, it's one of her favorite subjects. I've been riding this thing for more than a decade, and it's never been that great, and it's been really dangerous and scary. I've avoided it, actually, for a lot of my trips. Like, if I can go on Sanchez or Folsom feasibly, I'll do that instead because it just feels so much safer. And so to have this new center bike lane, I might start riding Valencia more regularly again because it might not 
raise my adrenaline levels to a dangerous degree. Yeah, uh, I understand that extremely well on a visceral level because my adrenaline spikes every time that I go down Valencia and have to dodge four double parked cars in a row. And then I'm weaving in front of drivers who are irritated that I'm there and irritated that the other driver is there and just generally all around irritated. Everybody's irritated on that street. And, you know, I want to say to some degree, the fact that it is a very, very populated, busy street where everyone wants to be, there is a limited amount that the city can do, perhaps. It's just going to be busy and chaotic to some degree. So I, I just want to acknowledge that. But like, let's let's talk about how bad this corridor has been. I mean, it's a parking lot. They treat it like a parking lot. It's It ceases to be functional as a bike lane, which is why a center lane kind of makes sense. Let's head back out to Valencia for a moment. Like I mentioned, this pilot project isn't even officially open yet. The lanes were painted on by early May, but it took another few months after that to get the new signals and signs and physical barriers installed. For part of that time, big signs were set up in the middle of the bike lanes that said they were closed. But many people on bikes and scooters chose to ride in the middle anyway rather than mix with cars. That caused confusion and frustration. Some cycling advocates had opposed this pilot program to begin with and saw this difficult transition period as evidence that the whole project was a failure. Now, almost everything is in place, but it's still a little ambiguous. There are signs in the bike lanes with a construction symbol on them, but they no longer stay closed. And all the shiny new signals take some getting used to. Every single one of these intersections now has a sign that says new and then no left turn or U-turn. Okay, instructions unclear. I don't know if that was fully legal. And that's with everything more or less installed. None of this has stopped Lily, though. Okay, I'll just come out and say it. I've been riding them even when they were, I guess, supposedly closed. But I didn't know where else I was supposed to go. And it seemed to make Mm. sense. I don't know. The city doesn't always do a great job of telling us where we're supposed to be when things are under construction. See Market Street right now. Ride on the sidewalk. No, dismount Dismount. and walk on the sidewalk for four blocks, five blocks. Yep. No one's doing that. Yeah. Absolutely nobody is doing that. that, (sighs) I'm riding on mission instead. There you go. But here's the thing about that. I mean, what does this you know, say that we're having this conversation to people who are totally comfortable riding around in San Francisco. Yes. That we don't know what we are supposed to do. Right. And it's kind of hilarious that, you know, the city is supposedly prioritizing all these other modes of transit of getting around. And yet the basic instructions as to what you're supposed to do They wouldn't do this to cars if their thoroughfare were under construction. It would be very clear what you're supposed to do. But somehow for us, we're just supposed to wing it and try to figure out our own way or it'll be fine. They're bicyclists. I will say this past weekend, I made the enormous mistake of driving on Valencia, which I never do. I very, very rarely drive and never on Valencia. But I found myself on Valencia. I think it's because I was subconsciously following the route that I would as a cyclist and I didn't think this through. But that is when I realized that now for this pretty much entire like eight block corridor, you just can't turn. You're stuck. You can't go anywhere because it's no left turn, no U-turn and no right turn on red, which means when you can turn right, then you're crossing across 
a pedestrian crosswalk that is full of people because it's a huge pedestrian walkway. So again, what are drivers supposed to do? We don't know. I feel like the city is subtly implying that drivers are supposed to use other streets, which actually would be kind of great and maybe would move towards my own vision of a bicycle utopia, which is a car-free or an extremely car-limited Valencia. But I don't think anyone's seriously considering that yet. We're not not ready for that. I'm ready. (laughs) (laughs) At this point, you and I are not complete Cinder Lane haters. You seem a little bit more sanguine about them than I do. But lots of cycling advocates and commuters are steamed about this. There's a point where someone covered up the construction signs with satirical signs like, if fire truck comes, I don't know, and good luck cyclists. But this kind of backlash has been going on for, for quite some time. And yet it has sort of carried on. To you, what does this say about the way that infrastructure is designed and implemented in this city? I certainly don't envy the SFMTA workers because they're not going to be able to magically overnight when you wake up, have this whole street be completely transformed and ready to go. And yet people still have to use it in the meantime. And the I, I don't know if you have like a giant billboard on every single intersection saying, no, wait, guys, here's what we're going to do. And it's not here yet, but we're going to have this merge signal just for you. And it's going to be great. And you're going to love it. But we're just not there yet. Give us a few more weeks. Like, I don't know how you communicate that to everyone who might use this street. So that I, I sympathize. I do. But As it was being rolled out and we didn't know all of those steps that were going to come in, it was frustrating and confusing and made us bicyclists feel like, what are they even thinking? There's a bit of a learning curve to navigating this road, but Lily says the way it's designed actually takes into account the different ways that people use Valencia Street, and that makes it safer. We'll hear how after a break. You're listening to Fifth and Mission. You can support the newsroom that creates this podcast by signing up for unlimited access at sfchronicle.com slash pod or by downloading the San Francisco Chronicle app. Theater critic Lily Janik is an experienced local cyclist and recently took a break from reviewing shows to review the Valencia Street bike lane. And while we have slightly different opinions about it, she says she does feel safer riding it. In part, that's because of the physical barriers between the driving lane and bike lanes. Low, rounded rubber bumps forming a kind of dotted line curb. Small enough to drive over, but big enough that you'd notice if you did. There are also bollards every 20 feet or so. I mean, Laura, you ride it as well. What's your feeling when you're cruising down in the center and you have those, they're called mountable curbs on either side? Yeah. Come on now. <laughs> that, that's the term I saw. I, it's like an invitation. Huh? <laughs> I mean, this is something that cycling advocates have been irritated with for a long time. It seems like any infrastructure meant to physically shield cyclists and separate them from drivers is also designed specifically not to damage cars. Soft hit posts are an example of this. They are thin plastic posts that are, are meant to bend if you drive over them. So what's getting hit softly there? It's not the cyclists. 
On the other hand, I also understand that the lane might need to be accessible to emergency vehicles, which I think is often the reason that this kind of infrastructure is designed not to damage cars, because we don't want it damaging ambulances or fire trucks. So regardless, to me, it does feel like there's now a separation between the drivers and me when I'm in that center lane. Getting into it, getting off of it still requires some keen observation. But yeah, it does feel smoother because I'm not constantly dodging and I'm not getting mad all the time. Absolutely. And just not being involved in every driver's right turn is so great. Mm. I don't if a car's turning right, it doesn't affect me. Explain that, would you? Because I think for people who don't bike, it doesn't compute why it would bother us that someone's turning right. Oh, man. So, okay, I'm riding behind a car in the right side bike lane, standard layout of a regular street. And I see this car is signaling to turn right, and they are slowing down. When I see that, I don't know if they are going to start merging into the bike lane and I should go around them to the left, or I don't know if they're going to stay where they are and I should go straight first and then they'll turn right after me, or they could... Act like it's the Wild West and come in guns a-blazing and just merge and turn at the same time without looking or waiting or nothing. Let's talk briefly about the other. I would say that this was at a time seen as kind of the gold standard of bike lane safety models with caveats. And I'm not sure if that's still the case, but a section of Valencia has a parking protected bike lane, which means you have coming from the sidewalk on the far right, then the bike lane, then a parking lane, and then in the middle, the car traffic lane. What is your experience with that? Okay. So I ride a situation like this, both on Valencia from like, I want to say market to 15th. And then also there's a similar setup on like Howard. So pretty common. Used to be a big fan. I thought, wow, this is going to be great. Now cars can just park. They can do their parallel parking thing, and it won't affect me at all. (laughs) So wrong. Here's what happens. Let's say that there's an alley on that block or just a small intersection and someone wants to turn right. They cannot see me. That wall of cars that are parked there, it is a wall. And they do not see me until they have already started turning and are maybe a few feet from me. Then everybody stops. Everyone has a near-death experience. And we all just kind of have to shake it off, lose a few brain cells, get an ulcer, and keep going. It's terrifying. It's like, let's put a few death traps every single block. Sprinkle them in there. Yeah. Keep things exciting. Sometimes there will be those little signs that say, like, cyclists have right of way or, like, watch for cyclists. But people don't do that because, I don't know, for whatever reason. But they also, to be fair, they can't see us. It's so dangerous. What about pedestrians? We have talked a little bit about motorists and how they experience this and how they act on on this road. We've talked a lot about cyclists and how we experience it. We want, theoretically, to have a city that is welcoming and usable for pedestrians. Oh, yeah. Pedestrians are allies. As you note, 
in your review, it seems like there's less double parking in the bike lane because there is no bike lane on the right. And double parking comes with more severe backlash for drivers because now those drivers are inconveniencing other drivers instead of just cyclists. What does that say about how we handle road safety and road behaviors as a culture? Have you ever noticed when you're crossing an intersection as a pedestrian, if you hold up a car for a moment, you're like, oh, I'd better hustle and get to the other side of this street because a car is waiting. Oh, my gosh. Even if you're like a mother toting three small kids, you're like, oh, I can't possibly make this motorist wait for a second. And that's really weird and messed up. And the pedestrian's time is just, and safety, is just as important as the motorists. The motorist doesn't, shouldn't get our priority just because they happen to be driving a two-ton vehicle with horsepower engines. So we're all humans at the end of the day. We're just in different wrappers on different wheels. And so the fact that, oh, now when I'm blocking someone who's also in a two-ton vehicle who has a horn, that makes me not want to double park. Whereas if 50 bicyclists have to go around me in the 90 seconds that I stop, that doesn't bother me. I don't know. Maybe it it gets to some aspect of our lizard brains where we're more fearful of a larger monster who might attack us than one we think we could take in a fight. I want to ask your opinion on whether this is how we as a city get to better road behavior all around. Because it seems like generally you find this beneficial. I would say the consensus seems to be the rollout could have been better but was always going to be challenging. I can hear a lot of cycling advocates yelling at me like, no, this was a disaster. I hear you and I agree. I can also hear a lot of motorists saying, this is still a disaster. I hear you and I agree that it's difficult. However, how do we get to a place? Can we do it with infrastructure where people are behaving predictably and less dangerously? One thing I think that's really great about this is it feels like it's acknowledging all the different ways that someone might need to use an intersection, whereas before the guidance was much more Mm laissez-faire. And so now, oh, bicyclist, if you are heading north and you want to turn left, there is a spot for you and a specific spot just for that, that one function. And if you want to turn right, there is a very particular green painted spot just for you. Drivers, we're going to make you wait a little bit longer at this light so that bicyclists can safely get from one side of the road to the other. A cost of that could be that it's a little bit slower to get for everyone to get from one side of the corridor to the other. But I guess when I'm weighing that cost benefit, I think it's worth it for the peace of mind to maybe have to wait an extra traffic light if that's what the cost is. So I, on particularly busy stretches like this one, might not be necessary for a less crowded street like, say, Folsom or Harrison with fewer shops and just less going on. 
having all of these little use cases imagined and signed and signaled, I think it's pretty great. It's like, I said this in my review, so like, sorry to quote myself, but it feels like the the city is acknowledging how we're actually really using the street and making signs for it. So it's like, yeah, it, there's a, a concept in urban planning called desire lines, which is where if people want a sidewalk to be in a place, they'll just walk through that grassy lawn or whatever. And so you'll see where the sidewalk ought to be. That's where people are already walking. This is kind of how we were already using Valencia. And now this new system just solidifies it and codifies it. Anything else you want to add? If you're scared of biking Valencia, I have an informal service where I ride with new bicyclists to get them comfortable in urban settings. Oh. And oh yeah, I've done it before, especially women. I love to bike with fellow women. We can have a sister ride. I will come find you where you live in the city and we'll ride that stretch or any other together. And we'll do it in a way that's at your pace, comfortable for you. And this is just part of my mission to show, it's like a little personal mission I have, to show that bicycling is for everyone. We can all do it. It doesn't have to be scary or mean or intense. And yeah, you can be my new bicycle friend. I love it. Thanks, Lily. Thank you, Laura. Lily Janik is the San Francisco Chronicle's theater critic and could be your new bike friend. You can reach her at ljaniak at sfchronicle.com. Thank you to Keith Manconi and Cecilia Lay for producing this episode. Thanks to Gary Baca for editing the audio and to you for listening. <laughs>